3: the 1865
2: Match Report. Hello there, thank you for joining us for this 1865 Match Report on a very special day at the City Ground, as Liverpool came to visit for the first time in 23 years. Now the match did end 1-0 to the visitors with a late goal from Diego Jota, Settling Affairs, and it was a good spectacle and I think we can say that the Reds can really hold their heads up high after putting in a creditable display. Now, in a little while, we're going to dis- dissect the match with Tom and Baz, and we'll get a view from the opposition. But first, let's have a look at the teams. So, Forrest were forced-ish into changing formation. They actually um, started the match with Joe Lolly coming in for the injured Scott McKenna. So, it was a 4-2-3-1 with Horvath in goal. Spence, Colback, uh, Worrell and figueredo in the uh, back four. Lolly and Johnson on the wings with Yates and Garner in central midfield and Zinchenko playing in the number 10 role behind Keenan Davis. Liverpool put out a fairly strong team. Obviously, they had Manet and Salah missing, but they still had Alison Becker in goal, uh, Virgil van Dijk at the back, and uh, Joe Gomez was filling in at right back for Trent Alexander Arnold. And yet they still had Roberto Firmino and Diego Jota as two of their forwards. So let's talk about the match. Um, We're joined by the Maradona of the Midlands. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, well, I mean, apart from the result, the way I put it is uh, gutted but proud. So we'll come on to those feelings a little bit later. Uh, We're also really pleased to be joined by Liverpool fan Johnny Shaw. So welcome to 1865,
0: Johnny. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Rich. Good to see you, Maradona of the Midlands.
2: Yeah, and, and as the listener may have guessed, um, Johnny, we've known each other and the Maradon the Midlands, we've all known each other for about 25 years, and I think this is only the second or third time that, that Forrest and Liverpool have played each other in that time. Uh, Johnny, did you feel a sense of occasion on this one?
0: Oh, very much so. I mean, it's one that I've, I've really been excited um, for, what, 23 years since Forrest played Liverpool. Um, I'm probably just a bit too young for the famous rivalry of the, the late 70s uh, and the early 80s. But yeah, it's it's been uh, a big hyped match, uh, one I was looking forward to, and, and we weren't disappointed.
2: Well, quite. And uh, just before we move to the the Midlands, uh, Johnny, there's lots of, you know, lots of stuff on social media from both clubs. Obviously, some of it was very poignant, marking the fact that the last time these two teams played each other in the FA Cup it was it was in the aftermath of the Hillsborough disaster so lots of tributes and and some poignant moments but also it's, it's interesting to see the Liverpool uh, social media engaging in you know a bit of a, a trip down memory lane similar to what the Forest social media team did so again that sense of occasion um so did you think we surprised by how much Liverpool were putting into it
0: yeah, uh, it, was, it was really nice to see. And of course, you know, the 97 is such a, a close part of, of Liverpool's DNA, DNA of our club. Uh, so it was just tremendous to see Forrest respecting that and paying their own tribute. And yeah, a nice bit of friendly banter, but also respect as well. So uh, I think that carried over into what was a really good game.
2: Okay, now Maradon the Midlands. I'm going. I'm going to come to you. Uh, firstly, did you feel a sense of occasion on this one? Were you excited? You, I did see you, you'd put a message in one of our group chats earlier saying I'm a bit nervous now.
4: Yeah, um, just the whole the whole build-up to it's been been quite extraordinary. It's just talk sport more or less devoted the whole of their morning output to uh, to uh, Forest, and uh, there's been so many articles in in the in the national press. And it's just sort of uh, crept up on you. It was, I was more maybe nervous. I didn't, I didn't want us to embarrass ourselves. I didn't want all the good work that's gone on the last couple of months to be undone and uh, us to get a complete battering. So that, that was maybe why I was nervous. I didn't didn't really expect us to win. But um, as you said before, very, very proud of the lads. And Considering even even the starting line, and I totted up maybe the Liverpool line that was worth about a quarter of a billion quid. And when they bought the subs on, it was maybe up to about half a billion quid. And our starting line-up was worth about two or three million quid. I, I just couldn't be any prouder. It was just really stayed in the game, really competed well. And uh, it did, did us all proud.
2: Mm. Uh, Johnny, just on that team selection, were you surprised that Jurgen Klopp did go for you know, with one or two exceptions, a relatively strong team? Um, not so. I mean, it was still seven changes, I think,
0: from our, our you know, our last game. So um a lot of rotation, I think. Um some experience, sure you've mentioned Van Dyke Allison, but I think that was respect to the occasion and actually getting as far as we have in the FA Cup, which is something Klopp has never managed um in the seven years he's been um, you know, our manager. So yeah, I, I think using the rotation was good. Uh, it was it was a good it was a good lineup, um, a good strong team. And again, giving respect to to Forest. Really, um, before we go on, I've, I've just got to say, you know, just in terms of my thoughts before going on to say what uh, how I felt Liverpool did. A huge, huge, well done to Forrest for giving such a such a such a close and well fought game. I mean, it was right to the end. Such a such a narrow result you know, lots of moments to talk about, but I was so impressed. So, um, yeah, well done, Forrest.
2: Mm, thank you. So let's move on to some of the action then. Um, in terms of key moments, I think one of the, uh, in the first half, the way I would characterise it is that Liverpool were the better team, but I don't think it'd be fair to say that Forrest were entirely second best, Maradona in the Midlands. I mean, um, although Liverpool had more shots, a lot of those were from range. Horvath had to make a couple of saves, and we'll come on to one or two of those in a bit. But also, at the same time, you know, there was that moment relatively early on where there was a cross from Zinkernagel, and it went across the face of goal. Lolly was coming in the back stick, and you just... If he'd been a right foot, If it'd been Brennan Johnson in that position, do you think he'd have shot rather than trying to square it back across?
4: Yeah, I mean, we've said down the years that that Joe Lolly's a right foot away from being a Premier League player. Um, he should have really scored. He should have scored. He it was there. It was there for him to sort of just put his laces through it and mm-hmm. hit it low and hard into the, into the near post. But, um, yeah, you could tell the quality of Liverpool players. It was just, they weren't, I mean, there wasn't like a massive golf, but they were just a little bit better at everything, just a little bit quicker, a little bit better touch, a little bit better at picking out passes. And you could see that sort of classiness. Uh, but uh, for, for the first 35 minutes or so, we, we held our own. The, the, you could see there's a bit of a tiring effect on them just before half time I was just thinking let's just hang on till half time now they're getting a bit ragged but mm. um yeah they were yeah they 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 matched them pretty much
2: mm. and th- there were two real moments of danger so that lolly moment was in the first 10 minutes and before 10 minutes were up as well there was a moment where diego jota looked like he was about to get through but uh, I mean Johnny the Maradona the Midlands and I are used to this but you must have thought that Jota was through and then Joe Worrell pulls that tackle, last-ditch tackle have absolutely nowhere. So you must have been gutted at that moment. Oh, incredible defending. I,
0: you know, I thought... We it was really Van dijk wasn't it? Down. It really was. And, you know, I think he was man of the match in the end, Joe Worrell, well-deserved, because I thought he marshalled your defence superbly. And time and again, there were some close moments. We were in good positions and we were snuffed out. Uh, he really led by example there. so. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with the first half. I think we were, we just shaded it um, in terms of your your recollection of it. Um, uh, and as Maradona of the Midlands said, uh, totally agree with that. I think, you know, we had a lot of possession and we always tend to. A lot of opposition does. Uh, I, I thought that was brave of Forrest actually to give us a lot of possession and then almost be a case of, okay, come and break us down, come and get in behind us. But I thought as the game was going on, um, towards the end of the first half, you saw this where, Forest would look at that very quick transition and then try and break with pace up front to cause us problems which of course
2: in the second half you did plenty of that and mm. um, just one other note about the first half I think the although Liverpool had the, the greater number of shots the only real clear-cut chance was after a, a poor um, intervention by Jack Colback, which ended up putting Roberto Firmino through and he decided to try and chip Ethan Horvath but Horvath stayed standing and and made the save, and then uh, from the uh, when the loose ball kind of bounced along, Joe Worrell cleared it off the line. So, married on the Midlands, were you fearing the worst at that moment?
4: Yeah, obviously. I was like, oh no. And uh, such a pleasant surprise for him to save it. And uh, just his, his overall performance throughout the game, Horvath, was very impressive. He looked, came, came for all the crosses, caught every safe pair of hands. Um, that sort of calming influence he talked about after last week's game, he's, he's really sort of um, grown into that role. Every game, he seems to improve a little bit more. And uh, yeah, it was a, a brilliant save.
2: Mm, yeah. And, and it's, the other thing I'd like to point out. Um, so, Johnny, I'm sure you were very impressed with that moment. The other thing I'd like to point out, and I just want to come to you about the first half before we move on, is um, I'm absolutely delighted to be able to report that... Diogo Jota was a bit unhappy in the first half, having had a couple of reducer tackles from Ryan Yates and Jed Spence. And bearing in mind that Ryan Yates very much falls into the one of our own category. Um, he's not, by his own admission, he's not the most talented footballer, but he works really hard. And so it just fills me with joy to be able to say Ryan Yates there with a reducer on Diogo Jota. So, um, again, like Liverpool might have been using the ball better, but they weren't making it easy for you, were they, Johnny?
0: no not at all i I mean that was such a great chance right at the end uh, of the first half for mino you know, and I thought that was that was bound to be a goal we We tend to do that a lot we we press teams um you know very high up the pitch from our side, wait for that mistake, and then pounce and uh, are pretty ruthless so it was surprising. It was a good save well positioned from your keeper um but yeah, you know some um some some robust challenges that that sort of typified your defensive display all the way through so and you know, from a, from a team, this is your, your biggest cup game in thirty years. I was not surprised at all to see that spirit and that that real bite in your defence. So um yeah, it was. Uh, but it was a big moment um that Jota,
2: uh, the uh, the Firmino moment, it could have gone our way. Mm, okay, so it was nil nil at half time, and let's move straight into the action because Forest did come out with more purpose in the second half, didn't they, Maradon, the Midlands? And Keenan Davis had a moment where it looked like he might have got through, but he was clearly offside. And um, I think the fact that they managed to create a, a little moment of panic in just the first couple of minutes of the second half, that's a statement of intent from Forrest. And, and Steve Cooper did say that he told the players that they they should be a bit braver. And I think that showed through throughout the, throughout the half, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the
4: thing that's going to hurt us as Forest fans, when we look back at this game, is that we did we did create quite a good number of chances in that second half. We had our chances and we couldn't take them. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just that belief thing. Um, the, I think the previous Cup games have given the players belief and they, it's, they've carried it on in the league, into their league form and into today's match as well. And, yeah, they, they weren't scared of Liverpool. They, they, they all did their jobs. And, uh, yeah, very unlucky.
2: And and just to stay with you, um, there was possibly a couple of moments um, again, relatively early on in the half where actually maybe they were being a little bit too brave because they played it around a little bit at the back and and it did mean that there were there were potential chances for Jota and Oxlade Chamberlain, um, because Forest were just as as we often say, they were fannying about a bit, weren't they? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean that uh, it had me on the edge of my seat all throughout the match. Really, it's just uh, as much as I love Toby Figueredo. Just whenever the ball went across to him in in the uh, six yard box, I was just waiting for him to uh, drop a ricket. Uh, but no, fair play to them. They 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 pl- one or two occasions they played around the Liverpool press and then went on break. So that's that's a sign of the and measure of the confidence and progress they've made during the course of the season.
2: Okay, now Johnny. On 75 minutes was the moment where I certainly, and I should imagine every single Forest fan watching the game, would have been going, that was the chance. You must have had your heart in your mouth when Brennan Johnson put that ball across and Phillips Inconagel somehow managed to miss the target.
0: Oh, completely. I, again, I thought any, any other day this could have been 2-0 to Forrest and we would be out of the cup um, and it's one of those moments, I mean, a key turning moment of the game. I actually thought an even more crucial period just before that was when Jürgen Klopp made four substitutions in one go. And I thought that really, that meant that we were more adventurous in our in our play and we were really trying to almost force a goal. Um, and of course we, did, we ultimately did get the goal, but it meant there was so much space in behind us, which you exploited, especially towards the end of the game time and again. And obviously that chance there on seventy-five minutes was was the, the best example of that. He really should have scored. I, I don't know what else I
2: can say. Okay, so you mentioned the four substitutions. We will come back to that very brief, very briefly in a few minutes. But two minutes later, it was Liverpool who actually did get the ball in the back of the net. Uh, in real time, it looked onside. When they showed the first replay, it looked offside. VAR said it's 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 onside. The goal stood. Um, you must have felt like you got out of jail Johnny
0: yeah when I first saw that replay I thought that's off you know of course but then again it's all about angles and and, and that's what the VAR is there to do uh and of course quarter finals now VAR comes into play in the FA Cup so if, if this was the fifth round you know possibly well I think the referee did give the goal and the linesman did give it anyway as the on-field decision but uh we really nicked it there completely. It was, uh, it was a, bit of a, a bit felt like a bit of a smash and grab, especially from
2: the miss three minutes earlier. Mm. Um, Maradon, the Midlands. Then there was another potential VAR moment just uh, seven or eight minutes later. Ryan Yates put through by a delicious ball by Jimmy Garner. And Yates went down over Alison Becker's hand. Now there was contact. Roy Keane reckons that Yates is too honest there. Um, I'd rather have my players being honest. That's just my opinion. That's the penalty in the Championship, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, on first sight, it looked like a penalty. I think um, once VAR got involved, it it, it was going to get overturned because um, it was it was more of a movement of uh, Yates' foot towards Alisson's um, hand rather than the other way around. Um, if he'd just gone down first time round, <laughs> it would have maybe, maybe uh, been given. But the referee sort of, played a bit of a wily game there by giving the uh, goal kick. Because um, if he'd given the penalty, maybe it wouldn't have been overturned because mm-hmm. it maybe wouldn't have been such an obvious error. But I think he covered his back there. And, and there was an interesting uh, comment from Steve Hodge on the, on Radio Nottingham afterwards, where he spoke to uh, a Liverpool journalist pre-match. And he said, if there's any tight VAR decisions, you know which way they're going to go, don't you? And he meant Liverpool's way. Liverpool's so, uh, we- <laughs> way. Yeah, exactly. Liverpool. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and, and, um, and and Johnny, just to come to you, um, there was it was Forrest who had the chances to get back into it, rather than Liverpool having the chances to extend their lead. Ryan Yates had a header on eighty nine minutes. He just couldn't. The cross didn't have enough energy on it, so Yates couldn't get enough power behind it, and it was fell into Allison's hands. Um, and then, kafu right at the end. Uh, chested it down brilliantly, but was off balance and, and hit the ball over. Uh, you must have been on the edge of your seat.
0: Oh, completely. Uh, as I said, with those substitutions, it stretched the game a lot more. And I thought that worked in your favour. You could get those turnovers and break at pace with us, which you've mentioned those those three or four times, um, and by far finished the stronger team. I thought, you know, the last half an hour, it was it was all forest, really. Just on the penalty, two things I'd say. The first thing, absolutely, I'd agree, definite contact there. Not just in the Championship, in the Premier League in Europe, that's a penalty. So I think we really did get away with one there. Just looking at it back again, I'm just thinking, you know, did he try and stay on his feet? Was that his initial reaction? He tried to stay on his feet because if he stays on his feet and he gets to the ball, it's a goal. But when he realised he wasn't going to get to the uh, ball, uh, perhaps he lost his balance and then went down and maybe that was too late for the ref. So I think if he'd have not tried to stay on his feet, as you say, maybe perhaps been a bit less honest, that's a penalty. And then, you know,
2: wherever it can go, it's a great chance for Forrest to equalise. We'll be talking about that with Baz and Tom a little bit later. So it ended 1-0 to the visitors. Liverpool's first victory at the city ground since 1984 I think something like that So it's been a long time okay we haven't played each other for a long time as well um now you mentioned the four substitutions Johnny is that a sign of the fact that Forrest gave you a proper match today? Yes
0: 100% uh you know it was a it was a sign of Jürgen really wanting to get the game done and dusted as I say perhaps forcing it taking a bit more risk which you exploited. But, yeah, uh, up, I think up until up until those substitutions, we were fairly comfortable. You know, we dominated the possession, perhaps created a couple of half chances here and there. Um, but I think, we, you know, we couldn't really get in behind you. We struggled with the press, And I thought our decision making in the final third was, was really poor as well. Um, you know, players like Oxlade-Chamberlain and Harvey Elliott didn't really do much. So I think that's what spurred Jürgen mm-hmm. to sort of give, give our team a bit of a, a boost at the backside. And uh, yeah, I mean, we got the goal. It worked in our favour, but <laughs> we, we were so lucky in not how we didn't concede, how it, it could have ended up 3-1 Forest easily on another day. It didn't, we're through. Uh, and I'm just, uh, I'm really pleased, of course, and relieved more than anything.
2: Mm. And so uh, Liverpool go through to play Manchester City in the semi-final. Uh, Married on the Midlands, just to close this segment of the podcast, one of the things that I really liked that, I mean, I've already mentioned about Yates doing reducers on Diogo Jota. Uh, the other thing that I really liked was the fact that actually Jurgen Klopp got really rattled and had to be almost pretty much, almost physically restrained by the fourth official. Again, that's a sign, isn't it, that as as Reds fans, we can be proud of the performance our team put in and, and we weren't held to ransom by, by one of the best teams in Europe, if not the world.
4: Yeah, I think we rattled him. And also, maybe, I mean, this is a controversial view, but maybe Jurgen Klopp's a bit of a jerk. I and mean, he uh, maybe just, uh, we don't know if he's everybody's too scared to see it. I don't know. I just put that out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, if uh, if Neil Warnock behaved like that, I don't know. I think everybody would be, sort of be uh, backing him up all the time. But yeah, we, we rattled them. We can be proud. And we march on. 10 games to go. Let's win them all.
2: <laughs> okay so in just a few minutes we are going to hear from Baz and Tom and we're going to dissect some of the moments in the match in the meantime I want to say thank you very much to the the Midlands and thank you very much to Johnny Shah Liverpool fan for joining us
3: you're listening to 1865 the Nottingham Boys podcast
1: And now, as promised,
2: I'm joined by Baz and Tom. And uh, Tom, you've been to the match, you've had a train delay getting home, so you're home now, you're probably a little bit drained. Tell me how you feel after that match. Um, a bit raw, to be honest, because
5: because there's only one goal in it and it was a contentious decision because it had to go to uh, VAR. And I thought you couldn't fault for your aesthetics tonight and and how, how they played, because we had to play with four at the back, because obviously with the defenders, what we were missing, I think we'd lost a bit of the, um, Jed Spence being a pivotal, um, threat for us in, in an attacking sense, because he went back into like a flat back four rather than a wing back. Um, but yeah, with, there's just one goal in it. it's just like, you feel a bit raw. You know, they have to bring off like a hundred million pound worth of talent off the bench. And you just think, what if, I know football sometimes a lot of what is, but if we had cut McKenna and low and we went to a normal system, how much more hurt could we have given Liverpool? Because I think we gave them a game tonight and I think there was a sigh of relief from the two centre-halves, Van Dijk and and when Keenan Davis left the field uh, for Sam so- uh, Surridge.
2: Mm, yeah, and uh, Baz, let's, we'll, we'll talk about the kind of what the formation change and everything meant in terms of a couple of key moments. So we'll come back to that, but... I'm just going to say it. I think what tonight shows us is that Forest. we're not Premier League class, but if we were to go up, we wouldn't just go down without a fight, would we? We've shown throughout this run that we can mix it with a higher class of team. I think what for
3: me, I was watching it in the pub with two non-Forest fans and both of them said you couldn't tell which was the Premier League side here, let alone which was one of the best sides in the world. And then the other thing was, we were one nil down against one of the best sides in the world, and I turned to them and said, "We can still win this." Yeah. And you, you, you wouldn't have said that to, to us about at the start of the season, would you? Um, and literally one of the best sides in the world, and we—I was confident we'd, we'd still pull it back, even in the ninetieth minute.
2: Yeah. And, and and that's something. And so obviously, as we discussed with Maradon, the Midlands and with Johnny in, in part one of, of this podcast, even after going a goal down, we had the Yates penalty shout. We had the Yates header. We had kafu, um, And of course, that's without going back over old ground, which was the chance. The chance that Zinconagel <laughs> had um, before Liverpool took the lead. Now, let's go into... Tom, you'd mentioned VAR and I made the joke in the first part, live VAR pool. And uh, you said you noticed a little exchange um, when the referee went over to the fourth official. And uh, and we've talked about how Klopp was rattled and uh, was <sighs> moaning to Kevin Friend on the touchline. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just say that, um, let's just go back to Steve Hodges' comments on Radio Nottingham, which is uh, journalists from Liverpool kind of say, well, if it goes to VAR, it's only going to go one way.
5: Yeah, and it's just it's just frustrating. It's like I've looked on like stills on um social media since and it's not it's not hundred percent clear, is it? It's it's Figueroa's shoulder what's keeping him uh on side. And when has the shoulder been part of football, you know what I mean? It's just little things like that. And I'm not gonna say the uh, famous um Quite what um, what Mark Warburton says at fine margins, but it is that, isn't it? It's like a shoulder has been the difference between us taking Liverpool to extra time and potentially penalties, and um, and obviously uh, they've got Liverpool like thankfully for VAR for them they're into the semi final again. Just incredibly
2: frustrating it's come to that. But Tom, even with that VAR decision going, the thing with VAR for offsides, I've, I've always hated VAR for offsides. Angles and all of that kind of stuff. We've all seen still some VAR where you look and the perspective looks completely odd. And that's what's frustrating about it. But even with that, and even with the referee being very clever, as we discussed in part one, with the penalty shout, whereby in the championship, they'd be given as a penalty. In a match with VAR, a Premier League referee holds fire knowing that VAR are going to hold up his decision no matter which way it's given because it's not clear and obvious. So these are the things, I think VAR is a good thing, but the way in which it's enforced probably has some room for improvement. But even taking that into account, Tom, we still had the chances to win it in our own right, didn't we? Yeah, the, especially the Zinconagel chance, And it was
5: one of those, soon as you missed it, and when you look back in, it's like, I think he's gone with the wrong foot to be honest and he just snatched at the chance and he just had like a feeling well especially around us that was your chance and Forrest unfortunately fluffed it and if it was like somebody like um, say John Brennan Johnson for example who he was okay tonight but he wasn't his normal self I think he would have put it away and especially Lewis Grabham would have put it away but unfortunately it went to Philip Zink and Argel he didn't take the chance and we all thought that was our chance and it was a golden chance and he didn't even get it on target so it was a poor finish in my
2: eyes. Okay Uh, Baz I think this brings us we said we'd talk about the formation let's do that now so we were kind of forced into the 4-2-3-1 and it didn't look bad. it looked competitive but there were two or three moments where I thought you could really tell that it If we'd been playing with our standard three at the back, three, four, one, two kind of formation. And what Tom's just said there is one of those. I think if we'd been playing the three, four, one, two, then it wouldn't necessarily have been Zinkernogel in that position. It probably would have been Keenan Davis. Um, Brennan Johnson would have been playing in a more central role rather than stuck out with chalk on his boots. Um, So just from an attacking sense, what do you think in that in that way?
3: Well, actually, I think the biggest difference was actually, and partly because it was Lolly coming in, but you didn't have Johnson and Spence working together, mm-hmm. um, which they, they they constitute, that's what makes people double up, is the fact that you've got those two, that much pace on one side of the field like that. And, and we didn't have that for most of the game today. Um, so that made a big, big difference to us and the, the way we played. The other thing I thought was, and you could see it, um. With with the way we play, um there's quite often moments where we play the ball out of the back and you're thinking just hoof it, just hoof it. Whereas today, Liverpool and the formation made us just hoof it. We couldn't get the ball to stick when because they were pressing us so well and because the I think if we had that that three, McKenna, Cook and Worrell, they'd they'd be more comfortable playing it between themselves until an opening appeared. Whereas now we just had to get it forwards so that it wasn't on our back line. And I think both those things contributed a lot to, to us not getting something from the game.
2: OK, and 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 Tom, you, you want to come in there, but I'm just going to come in and lead with a question, which is you pointed out that that Spence had to play obviously in a more defensive mode than usual. One thing that was noticeable and actually on the TV they picked up on it, which was uh, Waza was constantly shouting at Spence in the first 10, 15 minutes, you need to come in and be tighter. And then after that, you notice that Spence was playing more as an orthodox right back rather than still adopting the right wing back position. So um, that's, that was a clear change, wasn't it? Um,
5: yeah. And another thing what I was going to say with um, Spence spinning in a more off um, right-back position, he was too far away from Brennan Johnson to go on the overlap because they pushed him that far back. Then, obviously, um, Brent, Brennan Johnson was further up the field, so the gap between the two of them was quite far. So, um, it was very rare that they put and like they go on the overlap. I think that was quite telling because, uh, like I said, uh, Jed Spence didn't go on many forward runs uh, tonight. For that reason alone, because he had to play in a more defensive role than his normal wingback position,
2: mm-hmm. and 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 just also talking about the fullback positions, Baz, the goal we conceded, I'm just going to say it: if Scotty McKenna had been playing on the left of a back three, it wouldn't have been Coleback marking Jota, and no. and McKenna's more likely to win that ball, isn't he?
3: The other thing I'd say is a lot of the time when we lost the ball when we were in the the what they call the transition a lot of the time it was figs and colback who were losing the ball and if it had been again that back three then we would have kept it or the ball would have gone forwards to colback playing as a wing back rather than colback as a left back and that that would have given us more options to retain possession
2: mm-hmm. um you had mentioned lolly earlier on and um playing on the right wing I'm just going to say, he looked like the old Joe Lolly again, just like he did in his cameo appearance uh, the other night against QPR.
3: He did, um, even down to uh, cutting inside and shooting when probably uh, a pass would have been
2: better. <laughs> and and just on that, on that topic, it, he didn't have the same freedom to go forward a lot of the time, as we know. But I'm wondering as well if... As we had to go to that four-two-three-one, I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why Lolly was selected to play on the right was to offer maybe a little bit more defensive security than Johnson would have done if it had been Spence and Johnson in a 4-2-3-1 rather than a three-four-one-two. What do you think?
3: Yeah, and part of me was expect Part was was thinking maybe we would have a, when I saw the lineup without knowing the positions, I was wondering maybe it would be a a back three with Yates in there and then Lolly playing as a wing back. But because I'm pretty sure he could do that role because he's got that extra defensive capability.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, Tom, I I mentioned it earlier to Johnny and the Maradon, the Midlands, but uh, Steve Cooper said in his post-match interview that he asked the players to be braver with the ball and take more responsibility with the ball. And, yes, there are a few hairy moments when they were possibly overplaying it because Liverpool pressed so high. but actually, on the whole, we did see the difference in standard and performance so i 'm just going to say it again I think that if if forrest if the if the unlikely were to happen after the first seven matches we had this season, if the unlikely were to happen, and Forrest ended up in the Premier League next season, I think that attitude um and the way in which Forrest play and the energy and the fitness levels they've got mean that if Forrest were to end up in the Premier League next season, I, th- I think we'd be all right. I don't think we'd, we might, we might get relegated, but we wouldn't go down, you know, just like, you know, like a lead, lead balloon, would we? No. And and I think, and another thing is,
5: if we did get to the Premier League, then it would give us the opportunity to get a bit of stand a uh, better standard of player. So, when you look at certain teams, I mean, Everton have been the furniture of the Premier League since it started in 92. And frankly, <laughs> in the last few months, they've looked absolutely awful. And they're not in the relegation zone as of yet, I don't think. So, I think France will be all right. And if you keep with this model and just add to it and obviously keep what they've got and, uh, and stick to the same principles, I think we'll be okay. I'm not saying... We're going to do like a, a Wolves or whatever, or what we did in 94, 95 and like finish first, for example. But I think we'll do all right. Um, and we've shown it in the FA Cup this season. We've played Arsenal, played Leicester and played Liverpool. And we've we've done okay. And I think and the atmosphere of the city ground and how it is at the moment, and if we can keep that, if we did get to the Premier League, I think that will put us in good stead um, atmospheric-wise. Because I bet some uh, teams won't want to play um, fight for that atmosphere, because they wouldn't be used to Because of obviously some of the sterile atmospheres which are part of the Premier League at the moment.
2: Hmm. And and of course, Baz. Before the match, I made the point on uh, in the interview with Thomas, who's a Swedish Liverpool uh, journalist. And and I did just say that one of the great things has been that we can have real pride in the way that. The team plays with a core of Nottingham talent. You know, boys who've been brought up supporting Forest, and and also a really good positive attitude. So um, it's very rare that we come out of any matches these days and really find that there's players who are below par. You might find that there's there's players in there who you think could do better, um, and there may be that there's players in there who aren't necessarily first choice. So like, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you mentioned Toby's. Um, his inability on the ball, which almost got exposed a couple of times, like it almost seems to get exposed every time he plays. But actually, he's ahead at kick at centre-half, and he did that against a, against one of the best teams in Europe today, and he did that really well, didn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think a big part of it, you mentioned attitude there is it's that attitude, it's that belief that, that we're not going to be beaten, and we're not going to roll over for anyone, and it doesn't matter what you do against us, we'll come back to you and and yeah uh, you mentioned Everton Tom is Everton don't do that at the moment from everything i've seen of them they they've almost rolled over themselves so um the fact that that we don't do that premier league teams aren't going to like that and then they they the way the premier league is structured is there, there are you can predict what matches are going to end up like a lot of the time and we we're, we're not going to let that prediction govern where we end up uh, this side at the moment definitely
2: and, and on, tom, on on that theme uh tom we've heard we've we've heard a lot about the next man up theme and you know bringing the next person into the squad and they can pick up and cooper has said when players are out i want them to not be happy to be out but i want them to respond in a positive way and we've seen that from lolly and toby in particular in the last couple of matches haven't we
5: Definitely. And another player who is trumpeted at the bit and every time he's come on, he's, he's made a difference. And that's and then Cafu. And apparently, by all accounts, he's a really positive member of the squad. And he hasn't had like a, a consistent run in the side. So, And when he has come on, he's, he's played well. So he's another one who just goes to show like, the likes of uh, with Lolly and Figueroa that he wants to start. And, and that all, all goes down to uh, Steve Cooper and the... Um, mentalities instilled in this team that where there's a, a real belief in the, the attitude spot on every single game we're playing in now the attitude spot on and you just know that they're going to fight to the last to get a result
2: yeah and and Baz I think that brings us full circle to where this conversation started didn't it which is that uh, we're 1-0 down having conceded a late goal to one of the best teams in Europe if not the world when we should have took the lead two minutes earlier and yet for those last 10 minutes plus stoppage time, there's only one team who's going to score. This Forest team just keep, keep going, don't they?
3: Absolutely. And it was, it was I, I got a text from a um, from a Liverpool fan that I know um, shortly after the match. And he said, um, your, your guys did really, really well. And I was like, yeah, I thought we were going to win it. And he went, so did I.
2: Mm-hmm. And as we heard from Johnny earlier, yeah, that you know you can get it from one person, you can get it from two people, but there seems to be a bit of a consensus that Liverpool were a little bit rattled by that, and um, yeah. and you know, so they go from from that match to playing Manchester City in the semi-final, <laughs> um, which obviously was a, was a bit of a carrot, but they'll it's not like they'll have come through this. This was the closest of the quarter-finals. Um, Of all the matches that we saw this weekend, it was the closest match by a long, long way. Not just in terms of scoreline, but in terms of the two teams playing it on on an almost equal footing. So we do need to finish up. We've got a two week international break coming up uh, before we resume. And we will be bringing you a uh, one of our monthly Forest Ramble podcasts. But from both of you, if you can just give me in a sentence how you feel after tonight's match and and Tom I'm going to come to you first uh initial feeling is raw but I'm proud
5: okay
3: and Baz we could have won that I'd love to see what we do against Man City
2: (laughs) okay and on that note I'm going to say thank you very much to Tom Newton to Baz to Johnny Shah, to the Maradon of the Midlands. I'm Rich Ferraro. I want to say thank you to you, listener, for joining us. It's been, it's been a proud night. I think we've done Nottingham proud. The team have done Nottingham proud. The fans have done Nottingham proud. And we can all walk away with our heads held high. So uh, enjoy the international break, and we'll be back in your feeds very soon.
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW proof. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.